Good morning and welcome to Blueprint for Wealth. I'm Wayne Zell, your host of this very fast-paced half hour of special topics and special guests that hopefully will help you realize your personal dreams of wealth and freedom. The show is brought to you by Zell Law. We're an estate and business planning law firm located in Reston, Virginia, and serving the entire Washington, D.C. metro area with clients all across the country. If you'd like to learn more about Zell Law, please visit us on the web at www.zellaw.com. Or if you'd like to make an appointment, please call us at 571 203 9355. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a twist and a turn and talk about protecting your special intellectual property assets. Many of you don't really realize that when you start up a business or you have an existing business, that you may have developed certain types of assets that really provide value to your business. And in order to continue providing value to your business, you may want to protect those assets depending on the type of intangible or intellectual property that you're dealing with. So if you figured out that it's worth protecting, then you've got to figure out how to protect it. And this isn't always the most obvious thing. Traditionally, patents that prohibit others from copying new devices or processes are valuable intellectual property assets. Copyrights may do the same for creative endeavors like books or music or software even. In many cases, though, the categories overlap. Likewise, trademark law now extends to such distinctive elements as color and shapes of your products. There are also concerns that are addressed under something called trade dress law. And that's how the product is packaged and advertised. You can often use and choose what kind of protection to seek for the product. The first experience you may have as an entrepreneur in dealing with intellectual property is likely to be the name of your business or the brand that you're using, which usually invokes trademark law. So you need to think about that before choosing a name for your company. Note that trademarks might include not only your name, but also a slogan like the one that we use in our business, helping clients realize their personal dreams of wealth and freedom is something that we've submitted a trademark on. Or a symbol, or a picture, or a logo that you've designed to represent the special brand or special products that you're bringing into the marketplace. It's about how people identify your business, how they know that what they're looking at comes from your company. If you've registered your trademark, you indicate that with an R in a circle behind the name. If it's a trademark that you're using but you haven't yet registered, and maybe you've applied for registration, you'll use the letters TM for a trademark, or SM if it's a service mark, which is a little SM behind the name, and it identifies a service company, such as a retail store. Note that if your business has one name, say Zell and Zell Inc., but you do business under a different trade name, like Zell Law or Wonderful Wayne's World, you should register the trade name too. 
Any trademark you use is protected under common law as soon as you start using it, like on your sign or on your business cards or in your ads. Under common law, the first entity to use a particular name or a slogan or symbol has the right to it. So if you're just planning a single shop, it might be enough to know that no similar business in town is using the same name. But if, you're, if you've got aspirations to go further and maybe go national, then it may be very appropriate to try to register the trademark in a federal registration. Some state trademark registration is really simple, fairly quick, and inexpensive to do. But it only protects your trademark in your state. So somebody with a federal patent still gets first dibs on it. It's best to register your trademarks with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, known as the USPTO. You can do a preliminary trademark search online, but because of the complexity of the process, I would recommend that you use an intellectual property attorney to make sure that it's done right and to guide you through the process of properly registering, registering your trademarks. Because the process can take as long as several years, you start by filing what's called an intent to use which is an image of the trademark and a sworn affidavit that you intend to use it in commerce. International trademark protection will be essential if you plan to set up shop online and sell your products or services internationally, and it can be very expensive to engage in. Patents. Is your business based on something that you've invented if you've created a new product or a process or a machine or you've made significant improvements on one, you might be able to obtain a utility patent which protects your right to that investment and that intent invention for 20 years from the date on which you file with the USPTO. A design patent on original ornamental designs for manufactured items gives you 14 years of protection as opposed to 20 years. It takes a long time to get either one granted by the USPTO, but you can file what's known as a provisional application that holds your place in line in case somebody else comes up with the same thing in the near future. You can file for a provisional utility patent online, but a provisional design patent has to be done through the mail currently. To be eligible for patent protection, the innovation basically has to be new and unique. It can't have been in use in this country for more than a year or be described in any printed publication anywhere else in the world. It can't be an obvious modification to anyone familiar with the field, such as making an existing product in a different color or a size. Only the inventor can apply for a patent unless the inventor is dead or mentally incapable. While the application for a design patent is fairly simple, a utility patent application is very complex. It requires drawings with multiple views, technical information, and numerous forms to be filed. As with trademarks, it's important to hire an experienced patent lawyer to help you through the process. And again, if you need assistance in this area, we're happy to refer you to competent intellectual property lawyers. In a copyright, unlike patents, 
Copyrights are easy to get. In fact, the minute a book or a film or a photograph or a drawing or software or a website for that matter or other creative product is created in fixed form, it's technically copyrighted. By fixed form, I mean, for example, words on a page as opposed to ideas in your head. Creativity, creativity is what counts here. You can't copyright, say, a standard calendar. But copyright protection is available for a special calendar that might have a special artwork on it or design. Copyright protection gives you, the owner, the exclusive right to reproduce, distribute, perform, or display the work, or authorize others to be able to do so. For additional protection, you can register your copyright with the Federal Copyright Office by mailing two non-returnable copies of the work with an application form and the fee. Registration establishes a public record of the copyright claim. In fact, before you can file a copyright infringement suit, you need to have registered a copyright with the Federal Copyright Office. The door swings both ways here. Suppose you hire a photographer to, suit, to shoot some photos of your products. You pay for the prints, but the first time you put the picture in a brochure, you get a letter from the photographer's attorney saying you have no right to use any of the photos. So what do you do to protect yourself? You make sure that whatever you're creating or you're having somebody else record the creation of, like a photographer, that they give you the right under the contract that you've entered into with them to own all aspects of the photographs that they have created. The photographer owns the copyright for the photos even though you commissioned them unless you enter into a contract or license that basically designates you as the owner of the copyright. There is a major exception to this rule it's known as the work-for-hire rule, which is created by employees who are acting in the course of their employment. In that case, the copyright belongs to the employer unless a contract states otherwise. If you're contracting with an outside third-party contractor to create material for you, you can specify that the product is work-for-hire, meaning that you own it and they're they, that you hired them and they're working for you and they have assigned all rights to the copyright back to you. So anytime you hire somebody to create a logo or software or website content, make sure you know what you're getting for the money that you're paying. Do you have the right to use this stuff as often as you want? Negotiate the rights that you need. Get them in the contract. We can help you with that here at Zell Law. Similarly, if you find a cool image online or you come across a song that would be absolutely perfect for one of your ads or one of your podcasts, find out who owns the rights to that song or that music and what it would cost for you to use it. Otherwise, if you take that and put it on your website, then you may be in violation of copyright law and you may get a letter from the copyright owner's attorney. If you'd like more information on protecting your intellectual property, 
please call us at 571-203-9355 and we'll give you some advice on that. I'm Wayne Zell and you're listening to Blueprint for Wealth. Please stay with us right after these messages for our very special guest. <music> 